you got to feel for those Bose supporters, realising that their last opportunity of winning any silverware this season was all but gone once the draw for the second round of the FAI Cup was made. You're listening to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast. My name's Roy Shanahan and I'm joined by Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com and we've plenty to talk about this evening, including Daily Mount Park, are the original plans dead in the water and where would it all end up? The FAI Cup draw was held this week, Nathan, and your team were not in it. And Drogheda looking to go full time. Whole lot more, but Nathan forced the FAI Cup draw. Pat's starting to my, my lot made it forward in your lot. What's going on? <laughs> Let's get out of the way right now. Yeah, it's all gone well. On the Friday night, there was no surprises at all. Like Dundalk beat Longford, Drotter beat at Lowen. There's nothing at all really taught me on the Friday night. Then all of a sudden, on the Sunday, it just fell asunder completely. Sligo Rovers was getting dumped out by Wexford. Uh, I was going mad about Luke McNicholas here over the past couple of weeks, and he made a, a howler for, for the last goal. Uh, not like him, our character. But then the holers, my boys, St. Pat's uh, beating 3-2 by Waterford. And I will say, Roy, you can talk about the European Hanover from a St. Pat's point of view. I was at the game myself, um, a sparse crowd. Like, not many, you're looking at, you know, uh, those 2,700, riding the place together. Atmosphere was electric against NS Moore right now. But, uh, the bit of a come down from that as well. But the performance by St. Pat's was extremely leggy. All three Waterford goals were St. Pat's mistakes. Um the Waterford back line, Subawali and the right-hand side was excellent. Killian Cantwell, he had the, the making of Ronan Coughlin in any sort of challenge. He was brilliant at centre-half. Junior, you want to see, he got clattered by Paddy Barry, clattered by it was um, Adam O'Reilly. <laughs> like the poor guy got busted up and down Richmond Park, but kept getting up. He was excellent on the night. And really, Waterford was so well-deserved of their win. Yeah, they really, really were. Like I said, you can talk about the, the come down from the NS Moore game, but looking at the game as a whole, I think it'd be a disjustice to Waterford to, to solely blame it on that because they were excellent on the night. And they get Malahide in the next round. Yeah. So, listen, I've heard it all this week. I've heard it from the Bohemians fans. You're not going to hear me stop this now for the whole month but I've heard it and all. Like, you, know, you normally live in the big kickoff League of Ireland show yeah the, 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 colour, the colours are out this is the only time Nathan the only time I'll ever get me chance now well not ever I mean this is the stepping stones but this is this is this is my first time since we've started this that I've got an opportunity to uh, cheer on my, my crew so yeah just like Malahide I'm fairly sure Waterford Fans are looking at that and going, "Well, that's not a bad draw. We can, we can, we can get through this." And I've seen that with the the Bowles fans already with Luke and United. Who did we get? Oh, great draw, super draw! Uh, can't wait. When when are the quarterfinals on? What what date are the quarterfinals on? You know, definitely uh, this is a grand draw for us. And so, yeah, listen, Bowles should beat Luke and United absolutely. It'd be very disappointing for them, and um, but we'll be ready to dance in the stands yeah. if an upset comes around. Come here, let's run through some of the rest of the draw where we're at it as well. Uh, I'm sure there's not only Luke and United and, and uh, Waterford fans listening in. Uh, Is it Luke and United and Bowes not the final? 
It's it's the final. I think in the Lincoln area. For Bose, you're right. You're right. Continue on. Continue on. Uh, so yeah, uh, away from the away from the final, we do have other games, right? Uh, a cracking toy here. Derry City, fresh off that seven eight win against OLV at Dublin. They're uh, hosting Cork City. They were another a big win in the first round, didn't he? Beating their rivals, Cold Ramblers one 0 Expected, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Drottle United's uh, hosting Shamrock Rovers ahead in the game park. That could be a taste of one there. Drottle uh, have already beaten Shamrock Rovers this season already, so who knows with that one? Uh, Wexford fresh off their surprise win over Sligo. They'd be hosting Dundalk. Uh, Bonaghy have another uh, home tie up in Donegal. Long trip uh, for Shelbourne. That's where, who they'll be facing in the second round. Minute University Town also at home. They'll be facing Treaty United. Treaty facing another. Uh, amateur side, they beat Usher uh, 5 0 in the fourth round. Like you said, Malahide United hosting Waterford. Galway United, who beat Bluebell 7 0 in the fourth round. That's a, a, a record for a fourth division side in the FEI Cup. Mad, I think, with, with the long history of the Cup. Uh, Galway, they be hosting the UCD in Eamon DC Park. And then games will be played on the weekend of August the 28th. So, look, Pats won't be there. <laughs> so, my little heart is breaking, but there's some plenty of. Uh, Milk Walking Toys in there, Roy. Any of them catching you, Roy, in particular? Away from the Lucan game now. Come on, we talked about Lucan enough. The two Lucan fans are that they got that feel. They got that feel. Well, Bohemians are playing in this uh, this round. They, they're uh, away to Lucan United. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I'm looking at Minute University Town against Treaty, and there's a good possibility there. And isn't the Treaty under there? Any League of Ireland team against a non league team. On their day, they should win. But the beauty of the cup, as we all know, in any competition across the planet and a cup competition, you may not be on your day the best team and you may not be in the best form. And Minute, it's just going to be an interesting game. I just think that's going to be an interesting... There could be teams turned over. But you said Drogheda could turn over Shamrock Rovers. And there could be a few little things that, you know what, it could be set up for us. You never know. I'm not getting excited. I'm not getting too far away. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. We're the real club in West Dublin. Out of 40 clubs in West Dublin. Come here, boy. Before we move on, actually, we have this small fact of uh, the women's FEI Cup games. They're on this yes. weekend coming. So I'm just going to run you down really quickly do, as well, do. if you don't mind. Uh, the, the holders, uh, Wexford, they got a boy into the quarterfinals. So they're starting off their defence against DLR Waves at home. Then we're going to have uh, last season's one of Shelbourne. They're also at home. A cracking toy this way. They're facing uh, P-Mount United. P-Mount fresh off a 16-0 win against Finglas in the fourth round. So there'll be plenty of cup confidence coming after that one. Yeah. Uh, then we have Athlone versus Cork City. And Bohemians will be hosting Sligo Rovers who had a walkover over Douglas Hall from Cork in the fourth round. So Sligo, even though they're in the second round, or in the quarterfinals, uh, excuse me, they still haven't kicked the ball in the FBI Cup this season. So, yeah, they'll have the, the fresh cup legs. Uh, them games will all take place this coming Saturday, which is the 6th of August. So, yep, keep an eye for them and best of luck to every team involved. Yeah, look forward to watching some of them as well. Um, of course, we'll be talking later on about Bowes and their stadium, how it's been delayed yet again. Or scrapped, is it dead? But we're going to move on to just the European games, Nathan, because... Obviously, it's on this week and the following week as well, the next round of games. But as you pointed out, St. Pat's and Sligo had unbelievable victories last week. And to put St. Pat's, it's hard to say how good that performance was because for me, 
Mora are a solid, solid out when we said that they beat Tottenham Hotspur last year. How well does this performance, how well was it, I suppose, on the scale of all time St. Pat's performances? In my fandom, Roy, it's certainly been up there. It's a day that I did not expect to come. I, I was very, uh, very happy with the performance in Richmond Park. I thought the chances that created were, were numerous. I thought Pat's were the better side. But I did think that he would come to regret that one-all draw. Goalkeeper Joseph Renan was the hero on the night. Mm. I will be honest, the, the, it was a bit, much better and more side. Albeit, they didn't play Pats completely off the park. No, they Pats didn't. Did, did have that chance as well. But I think it would be hard to look past Joseph Renan, um, which Rogue stood in the game. Two or three huge saves. Obviously, kept his nerve in the penalty shootout. Uh, two horrible penalties by Ennis Morver to just guide them both over the bar. Um, look, Massive week for that league as a whole, wasn't it? Even even Sean was look, they got knocked out by Ludogorets, but beat them on the night, which and a great it's, performance, it's, yeah, it's a great, great, only, style, great performance. Uh, only two one, Nathan. Only two one because yeah. of the last minute goal, which yeah. sort of changed the whole outlook of the game. But Shamrock Rovers were were excellent, and we do have to say because we were fairly negative about the chances because of and and for no other reasons because of the performances that these teams had put in previously. So you couldn't say, but they really stepped it up. They really, really stepped it up. Um, just to have a look, just before we talk about anything else, have a look at the games that are coming up again, Nathan, so we can be really negative yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, we talked about Shamrock Rovers. Let's get there. So I'm going to get the positive out, out of the way. Shamrock Rovers are playing uh, Shkupti. They're a side from North Macedonia in the third round of the Europa League. First leg will take place this coming Thursday, which is the fourth um, in Tallis Stadium and then the second leg will be the following week towards the ninth uh, in North Macedonia I I think Shamrock Rovers didn't do it I do I, I, I wouldn't be overly fearful I was I obviously didn't look at the Shkupi game they played uh, Dynamo Zagreb in the last round but reading reports and especially going off uh, I was listening to Stephen Bradley talking about the game uh, the, 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 the drill the first game in Dynamo Zagreb we know Zagreb they've seen to play numerous League of Ireland teams and they're very successful sides uh, domestically and they have a decent European uh, run behind them too and Skupti held them held them to it but they just they were completely apparently dominated over the 90 minutes in the second leg so you, you, it's not much to really go off there but I, I do I, I think this is a, a definitely a winnable toy for, for Shamrock Rovers of my limited knowledge of North Macedonian and, football I will caveat and just it. if they do we'll jump ahead of ourselves here just if they do they play is it Carabag and uh, Fernand Varos I think in the next it round is, am I right and they oh, drew yeah, one yeah. all tonight so again we know that they will be difficult opposition to go on and we know well that to get into these group stages in any of these competitions you're going to have to be a really good side somewhere along the lines so but we do think that they can get by the Macedonians uh, and set up a, a real opportunity there and if listen if they can come out because all credit to Shamrock Rovers if they can come out with the, the tactics the, the focus that they had the other night there's no reason why they can't cause teams problems yeah, definitely, Roy. And in terms of injuries and stuff like that, like Jack Bourne has said to be 50-50 on his way back to the starting 11. Uh, it's only been Pico Lopez, isn't it? That's going to be out for a large portion uh, of the remainder of the season. Uh, look, Pico is a big loss, but... Uh, but Dan Cleary's back. We, yeah, we'll probably get on to Dan later as well, wouldn't we? But bringing Dan in, is, <laughs> that's a that's a very quality replacement to be seeing what he can do with Dundalk for the four seasons that he was there. Um, but yeah, just going back to what you said uh, about the uh, likes of Carabao, that's uh, if they're successful. But we also know, Roy, if Shamrock Rovers lose this game, they will drop down to the Europa Conference League playoff. 
and they'll all either play um, Balkani, who are aside from Kozov, or K.I. Klasvik from Free of Violence. Again, they're, they're on paper, a winnable toy to get themselves into the Europa Conference League if they are unsuccessful yeah. uh, in, in this upcoming toy. So, no, great, great possibilities there. Yeah, yeah really great is. Um, what about Sligo Rovers and St. Pat's? Yeah, so Sligo Rovers again, right? Um, excellent 3-0 win over Mudwell uh, over the two legs. A lot of people, when the draw was made, thought it was good, difficult. I said to you, uh, whatever it be, off camera or on camera, I didn't think they had much to fear playing this Motherwell side. Well, can I just uh, step in there? Because we said previously, before uh, a few weeks when the draw was made, before the game was on, we felt that all our teams actually could go on and win the games that they were in. On the week leading up to the games, the form was so poor with these teams, we had doubt in our mind, didn't we? But in all fairness, if Sligo Rovers played the way that they played that night, they'd be challenging. Yeah, yeah, it really would be, isn't it? It's mad. It's night and day. Uh, you look after the fo- they were excellent in the first leg over in Scotland. Then they came back to showgrounds. We were back at 2 0 by UCD side. And, uh, but we're talking about UCD. Congratulations to them getting themselves off the bottom of the table. Uh, they've, they've been excellent over the past couple of weeks. And that win against Sligo really did help them. But yeah, and look, Roy, they're playing Vikings from Norway in the third qualifying round now of the Europa Conference League. I, I think, again, they can get past them. I think Sligo have been very lucky in terms of their, their draws during this European run. I don't think you agree with me, though, do you? Well, I was just looking at the results tonight. Bodo Glimt from uh, Norway, they won 5-0 tonight in the Champions League qualifiers. I'm not even going to try and pronounce who they were playing, right? But it was a 5-0 hammering. Uh, but I looked at the league table and I said, right, well, just have a look at the league table there. Uh, Bodo Glimt are only third in the Norwegian league uh, and Viking are just three points behind them. Rosenborg, Lillstrom and Molde are there as well. So they're going to be a decent outfit. You know, there is there is going to be quality in this team. Again, I'm not, put, I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm just saying there definitely is a step up here. Yeah, I, 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 again though, I do think it could have been much, much worse for them. And similar to Shamrock Rovers, boy, if they are successful, they could go on to play uh, Donska Strida from Slovakia or football club FCSB from Romania in the playoffs to get themselves into the group stages. So, yeah. yeah. Come here, let's move on the paths and let's get negative because this is what we do best, isn't it? Go on, go on. Uh, same so in the next round, it just times away, but they just have no chance <laughs> this path of bowing at all this season. Although they were successful against Moore, it was a really difficult task on paper. And now they're coming up against CSK Sophia in the third qualifying round for the Europa Conference League. Again, first leg is the coming Thursday, the fourth, uh, over in Sophia. You should see the stadium, right? I think it's a 38,000 seater, a huge stadium, but they're only expecting a 10,000 capacity, so the place is, is nowhere near sold out. Nor would you expect it to be sold out for St. Pat's coming to town, but it's got it's a fairly minuscule crowd to compare to what the stadium can hold. Yeah, uh, and then the second leg will be in, uh, in Dublin in Palace Stadium instead of Richmond Park, unfortunately, uh, on Thursday the ninth. I think it's going to be a really, really difficult tie for St. Pat's again. You can't look. I hear someone saying to me that um, I would say CSK haven't won the Bulgarian league in over 10 years, but that's just down to the dominance that Ludogorets and the financial backing that Ludogorets have in, in Bulgarian football. So yeah, yeah. I think going off that is a bit of a non issue. Uh, I do. I really think this is going to be a very difficult ask for St. Pat's to get through. Um, and again, if they are successful, they could face Brondy in Denmark and Basel from Switzerland. So it's not going to get any easier. 
for the now, Silver if, Saints and the If same paths get through this, there's there's definitely someone looking over them because it's yeah. it's the toughest of probably all the draws, isn't it? To just yeah, even to get so. through. So, uh, but again, listen, you never know. And th- when I look at all the performances, I look at very professional outfits in from the League of Ireland clubs I thought they were very professional performances so there is absolutely no doubt if they keep that focus and keep that professionalism there's there's chances and there's opportunities listen we want one to get through we want one to get through whoever it is we'd love to see one of them get through so uh, fingers crossed for that okay as you said already and we we we'll we, We'll come to it now in a minute. Of course, Dan clearly has has returned to Shamrock Rovers, but we'll come back to some of the the summer transfers. But Nathan Daly Mount Park, oh God, here we go again. We've been talking about this for the last couple of years, Nathan. And at the start, yeah. we said, you know, this is really positive, but will it go through? Well, that doubt that was in our mind, we wanted that we didn't want to be negative, but the original plans they look dead in the water. Are they dead in the water? Yeah, they look that way, mate. They really do. Um, Dublin City Council, who are turning out to be just the the the, the death of League of Ireland football in Dublin over the past year or so, they're seeking to scale back the Daily Mount plants. Uh, this is the redevelopment on the ground shear plants. Uh, the Daily Mount Park, which they were the ground shear with Shelbourne. Thankfully, Shelbourne uh, managed to get ownership of Tolga Park, so that went uh, by the wayside. Um, the whole plan, even the whole Daily Mount redevelopment, has been hit with serious delays, hasn't it? And like obviously the Shelbourne withdrawal didn't help either. But the, we do remember the original plan for people, a bit of a refresher. It was a 6,000 seat stadium. It was originally meant to be three, uh, 36 million. But that with, a li- with a library, don't forget the library. With a library and an Aldi, <laughs> and an Aldi or a little, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, you know, because massive readers in the North Dublin. Yes. Massive. Cannot move for Shakespearean <laughs> quotations, and you're having a point of in, in in the back page. <laughs> um, but yeah, that 36 million inflated up to 52 million, uh, and now Dublin City Council are saying that it's unviable, and other op- uh, alternative options will have to be explored. So, what are them other options? There's pretty much seems to be two other options on the table here, right? Uh, one is like I mentioned, is a complete scale back of the redevelopment or a refurbishment of the Jody stands, uh, build a complete new stand and two new terraces. Uh, preliminary plans and a core support is expected for those, but both plans uh, separately are expected in early September, uh, with a finalised decision by late November and completed construction by January 2026. Uh, and then, a little bit even before, so we have got this, and then we've got a bit of an update on that situation. Uh, CEO, uh, Obviously, Daniel uh, Lambert confirmed that the, the Connock Street stand will be demolished over the next 10 weeks. So, we'll now see home fans being moved to the Des Kelly stand and are going to erect a temporary 450 uh, CR stand for away supporters. Which, if you look at the numbers, they're winning for Dublin Derby's Roy 450. The tickets are going to be gold or standy. Yeah, yeah. The likes uh, come into town. Um, so yeah, a lot of this obviously lies now in the design team in terms of what they can bring with the new with the scale back plants uh, for a complete uh, scale back redevelopment. So is there, know, a ta- like- is there talk of of a capacity, Nathan? Because that's what it comes down to. Is there a talk of a capacity, or is it just thrown out that they're going to put stuff up left, right, and center and yep. see where it lands? So a lot of Bohemian fans are really uh, they're really optimistic and positive about just like re- just get away from the redevelopment, just refurbish the bones of what we have now. And the the news of the Con the Connock Street stand being demolished has really, really been uh, taken on board by both fans and the delighted. Because if you get the Jody stand done, a new stand and two terraces, you're looking at a uh, nine and a half thousand capacity. 
okay. in Daly Mount Park, which we thought about from the start to see the, the, the plans going down originally to 6,000 seater and the money going up was yeah. it was a big... Yeah, when well, you need money in and you can, get, you can get them crowds, you know, especially in the yeah. big games, so... Like that's spending mad money on just the planning stage alone, Roy, and for the for the money that they were spending, uh, just for the stadium to go up by what an extra two thousand seats just didn't yeah. make sense at all. I, I think no. a revamp of the stadium with the nine uh, nine and a half thousand capacity, all four four sides are going to be seats. Uh, while I do think the 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 defined timeline of January twenty twenty six is really optimistic, especially if they're starting from scratch, that's the plan for me. Uh, that that seems to be. Yeah, the it seems to be the one that makes the most sense financially and capacity wise, and and everything like that. Yeah, well, we need we need stadiums that can hold people and that are fit for purpose as well. So, listen, we're all behind Bose. We want them to get that. It's needed. It's badly needed for a, a club like yeah. Bose. So, fingers crossed that this work starts. As you said, ten weeks time. They're talking about. I hope That's it's not. Con- ten- Connick, Connick, yeah, I hope uh, it's not yeah. ten weeks time and then. You know, five years later, the next start thing gets started. So we want something going on. So that's great. It's great news that there's something going to happen. Um, I'm kind of delighted that the other stuff didn't happen because it was going out of control. And we had said that last yeah. year. Uh, go back Crazy. and have a look at some of our podcast uh, chats about it because uh, it didn't make sense to us then either. OK, Drahadi United are looking to go full time, Nathan, or are they? What's going on there? I don't know if they are, but I think they're just trying to compete with the, with the full-time sides um, in the league at the moment. So, yeah, this is uh, coming off Jota the United are seeking outsider investments. Uh, they just really need a financial objection. The, at the moment, Roy, the closer gap between uh, full-time clubs around them because, um, look, this just talking myself now. This is, this is a Jota of the club that has been we just talked about Denman Park. The facilities up in Drotter there are, again, one of the worst in the country. They're just not fit for purpose at all. It's a Drotter club surviving now at the moment, aren't they? Mm. And if you look at, you know, get away from Finn Hart and UCD in the Premier Division um, this year, one of them going to be gone, possibly two of them, depending, you know, how if, if two of the full-time clubs in the fourth division, you know, we could see Waterford, Galway, or um, it's the fourth, full-time club, Cork City, yeah, please, obviously Cork City. So we could see two full-time clubs coming up realistically to the Premier Division uh, next season. That could leave Drotter as the only part-time club in the Premier Division uh, next year. So that's obviously something that they do want to get away from. Uh, sort of expecting that this the, the outside investment is going to be coming in, in a couple of months. So it's not too far away. So they're, obviously, form- they're working on it at the moment. Oh, so they obviously course. have yeah. communication with someone and if it's if it's getting out there, there must be positive vibes. Yeah, yeah, going on here. They did, what they did say, no formal discussions uh, have taken place. Uh, LMFM, we had all Acrylic on, on the show a couple of weeks ago, so fair play for, for the work on this story. They've said that um, a source is, is saying to them that they're actively planning to speak to interested parties and that expressions of interest have already been lodged. So this is something that's not going to be a couple of years down the line this is something that we will see in the short term and look keep and keep in with the big kickoff because you know yourself if we hear anything we're going to be straight on talking about it here on the, mm. the league of violent podcast um but again doesn't it Roy? we don't want to go too too much into it but it comes back to the unpredictable unpredictable uh, membership and fan-owned model in the league 
for me, yeah. this, this is what this conversation is going to come back to. While it'd be great to see Jotley United go full-time, even when it, with an injection of finances, that's going to be a long stretch down the road. They're really relying on community rallying, on major fundraising, and then the gift of good sponsorship, which is ridiculously hard to come by. But there has to be a plan behind it, Nathan. You can't get someone coming in, throwing a whole load of money in it, and then that's the money. This, we've seen this time and time again, where there's loads of money thrown in, for one year or two years and then after that then they're struggling badly they have to let all their players go they're back to part time or less than that you know and they get relegated and there has to be a plan to sustain whatever they're going to try and develop and so that's that's they can't be just throwing money at it they need to have a plan so if they're going to do that yeah they might get away with it for a year or two like they did when they were winning leagues you know we've seen it in Jordan didn't we yeah yeah, so and even did. and even Graham, who was on the show, said the exact same thing. He knew that the money that he was getting should have been developed into the club. That the wages that they were getting, as in full time football, they shouldn't really have been getting that money, and they should have been developing something bigger and better. So I hope they don't go down that route again. But uh, listen, you want them to do well, and if there's a plan behind it great. And if there's they're looking for the future five, ten years ahead, and there's a plan for that, great. If it's less than that they're making an arse of it. And any League of Ireland club, they're making an arse of it. And anyone who wants to go into League of Ireland, Kerry included, they'll be making an arse of it if they don't have a 10-year plan at least. So uh, that's going to be very interesting. Okay, let's go with the summer transfer window. We talked about Dan Cleary, so let's talk about Dan Cleary. Yeah, so the uh, the open window has now shut. Uh, while clubs can still sign uh, our contract professionals in the month of August, you can no longer, longer see uh, fees and things like that coming in now. So, We've seen a lot over the weekends, a lot of uh, late, as usual, last minute, as always, deals getting done. Like I said, Dan Cleary to Shamrock Rovers, uh, this is on a free from St. Johnston. He was released in July uh, following uh, family reasons were cited, so we hope everything is okay on that end. Uh, it's set to be a multi-year deal, which which is brilliant for Dan, but it's also brilliant for Shamrock Rovers. Like we said, Pico Lopez is expected to, to be missing for pretty much most of the end of the season when with a lot of European games coming, the cup still coming into effect and a league title uh, push ahead of them they, to retain the title even they, they're going to need another centre half to fill that gap and who better than Dan Cleary you know we, we've seen him over four years for Dundalk he, he was excellent 121 appearances won two leagues two FAA Cups in EA Sports Cup so yeah, but it's not even that Nathan it's the fact that he came into the game the other night against Luke de Gretz and he played really, really well. Was Ludogretz? No, the next game. What no, was the next Banger. game? Yeah, the, Banger. The Banger Celtic. Yeah, played yeah. against Banger, slotted in. Slightly, slightly. But yeah, no, the, sorry, it was the Banger game, you're right. And But he looked, uh, yeah. I'm looking at Lopez and I'm looking at Cleary and I'm saying, no, they're fine. It's a, it's a, it's a perfect swap there. He's a good player, good with feet, good defender, calm, relaxed, knows the league. You know, it's perfect for them. So, while they will miss Lopez, they won't miss him either. And then it's also, like we said, the caveat of the multi-year deal, Roy, it's when Lopez does come back, that partnership of Lopez and Cleary could be one of the best in the league as yeah, well. Yeah, could you be. Know? Yeah. And it's, adding, it's adding into, you know, we have sent a half to Sean Horder at the moment. It's excellent as well. So, just more more riches in the squad of Shamrock Rovers. So, yeah, great move for them. Any others that you've that popped out for you? Any other little uh, late? Summer deals because I, I have one in particular that I thought was well. You go with yours, Nathan. You go with yours. Bastian Hervey on the move again. Bastian Hervey has went to Galway on loan from, from Finn Harps. 
what has happened to Bastian here, Roy? You know, we, we, we've talked about him before where he's, he, for me, he peaked at Waterford in 2018 19. It, it looked like he was going to be one of the best midfielders in the league. You could even say before that when he was at uh, Limerick in 2017, he really mm-hmm. started to make a name for himself. But went, uh, went, went to Northern Ireland, then came back to the league with Bohemians, then he got a long way up to Derry City and. That old form, there's just no sign of it coming back at all. He's, he's 30 now. Well, not he's not going to have his boots in, in the short term, but now but he's making pro- his fourth step down to the fourth division as well, Roy. Um, yeah, the problem is is that yeah. it's it's not every year. It's nearly every half year now, Nathan. He's not settling in anywhere, and he's not making an impact then uh, anywhere. So there's a there's a big question. Maybe, you know, I don't know how he prepares for games. Is he settled where he's living? There could be all sorts of stuff going on in the background. But something's not right because, you know, you 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 can you're a good player. You're a good player. It's normally the stuff that's surrounding you that's kind of knocking you off kilter. So I I, I wonder if it's something like that. Yeah, you do, don't you? Uh, he's another one made his debut um, for Galway in that seven seven nil win against Bluebell and Talca Park. But yeah, he's in desperate need of a good run here, Roy. Made eighteen appearances for Finn Harps this season so far, but most of them are off the bench. Really, that's a lot of Finn Harps fans, and they're, you know they're, they're they're not touting him as one of the the biggest performers this season at all, which is is a shame to see. There was a couple of years ago we was linked to St. Pat, so I would have been really happy, but. Not now. There's, there's definitely been a fall from grace. Galway's a great standard, like you said. They're a full-time club. They're one of those that are in the dog fight for promotion. But for for a player like this, we're dropping down to the fourth division. <laughs> he's running so out of clubs now. So many years. That's what I mean. He's, he, so he doesn't walk out here. Right? What is next? Where does he go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where does he go he's then? Been, he's been to a lot now. Uh, and just one more, if you don't mind, right? I caught my eye uh, before we finish up here. Is Alfie Lewis, a name that we're familiar to, St. Pat's fans, uh, gone to Dundalk. I'll yeah. going to Dundalk for an undisclosed fee from Plymouth. Uh, only after making two appearances, but like we said, he got played on loan for St. Pat's in 2021. Uh, part of the FEI Cup winning squads. Ask anybody, any St. Pat's fan, any any fan that the League of Ireland fan that's watching play, he really does have a lot about him. Obviously, know Stephen O'Donnell from his time at Pat's. So, would have loved to see him back in Richmond Park, but it's definitely one that makes sense, and it's definitely one that's got. I feel is going to just come back in and. and once he gets to a level, obviously he hasn't played consistent football since leaving St. Pat's, but the ability is there to see, Roy, this, this lad. You call him the Cockney uh, Pirlo, and some of his nicknames can be a bit silly, but this lad does have an excellent range of passing. He's a small guy. His defensive tenacity is, is brilliant. Snaps in the, in the country tackles constantly. He really is. He's a real all-round midfielder. And again, going into, into a Dundalk midfield with plenty of talent around him, that, that can only benefit. It's strange, Dundalk, Nathan, isn't it? When you look at it, we we talked about not as many players going across to England that they're going to different countries now. Scotland is one of them. We discussed that and debated that. Have a look at that on the YouTube channel. Why are they going to Scotland and and why they're not going any further? But now you're starting to see English players come over to Ireland to get their game time. And it's kind of a a flip side now. They're looking to get their experience in Ireland because... It obviously looks that Ireland is a great place to go and, and get your first team football and develop yourself as a footballer. So that can only be a good sign as well for the league. Yeah, definitely can. You know, the way, even though you know the caveat, it's only going to be for one season, but you're getting these lads that are highly touted in, in high Premier League clubs for, for most of them. You know, again, going to the same path, feats like we were last year from uh, Liverpool. We talked with Joseph Van Nan uh, from for. 
doing his, his wonders saves against NS Mori. He's over from West Ham. So, yeah, it can only benefit the clubs getting these players in for the one year. And keep, obviously, they're going to keep them taking over, and that's going to benefit our parent club back home. But we're getting the performance week in, week out, and we're, we're seeing the talent. And there's it's, it's a different level for them, too, Roy, isn't it? Like what they're getting out of under 21s, under 18s football, um, it's nothing compared to the week in, no. week out with men's football or competitive football. Yeah, you competitive football. No, you can't. No, you have to you have to be playing competitive football. And anyone who's playing across in England and they're still a sub at 23, 24 years of age, you need to have a good look at yourself because you're not going anywhere. You're not going to improve at all whatsoever. Okay, Nathan, we're going to leave it at that. I'm sick of you talking about Luke and United and how they have a great opportunity <laughs> this year to go on and win the cup, but uh, we won't talk about that for the, the rest of August. Absolutely not. Nathan, thanks very much for your time. Uh, everyone else out there who is listening, thank you very much for your time. Come on, Lucan. <laughs>